For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part 14 of the series. We were looking at the parable of the prodigal son. We were looking at the response of the elder son to the younger son returning to his father's household. Let's look at Luke in chapter 15 and verse 29 for the response of the elder son. He said to his father, Lo, these many years do I serve you, and neither trust I at any time your commandment, and you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. Therefore, the elder son saw that he was following the Torah exactly the way that his father wanted him to follow the Torah. And he got jealous that the father made this big celebration for the younger son when he returned to the household and repented for not following Torah. He thought that that was unfair given that he believed that he was following Torah faithfully all the time that he was with the father and the father didn't respond to him with a celebration. We need to understand the mind of the older son in giving his answer. First of all, we can see that the issue here in the parable is returning to the father's Torah because the older son said, I never transgressed your commandments. That is referring to the Torah itself. Well, the older son, who is Judah, their belief system in the God of Israel and the way they see they are to express their faith in him is they see that at Mount Sinai, there was not only a written Torah given, but there was an oral Torah given. And in the Midrash Rabbah, volume 6 and page 736, it is written, they were all given to Moses on Sinai and contain statutes and ordinances, Torah, Mishnah, Talmud, and Haggadah. In the Midrash Rabbah, volume 6, page 613, in the Midrash Rabbah is Jewish 
commentary on the scriptures, it states the Mishnah, which is the oral law, is greater than the written scripture. In Midrash Rabbah, volume 9, page 32, it states that the teaching of the rabbis or their interpretation of the written Torah and the interpretation of the written Torah is known as the oral Torah, that they see that the oral Torah is superior to the written Torah. It says here, the injunction of the scribes or the rabbis are more beloved than those of the Torah or the written Torah because if a man says there is no command to put on phylacteries, thus transgressing a precept of the written Torah, he is subject to no penalty according to the written Torah. But if he says that there are five components in the phylacteries, thus transgressing the injunction of the scribes or the rabbis, he is subject to a penalty. The rabbis see that they have the authority to interpret scripture and that their authority is given in the Torah itself from what is stated in Deuteronomy in chapter 17 in verses 8 through 11, where in verse 8 it says, if there arise a matter too hard for you in judgment between plea and plea and blood and blood and stroke and stroke, being matters of controversy within your gates, you will arise and get you up into the place which the Lord your God will choose. Now that's referring to Jerusalem. And it says, and you shall come unto the priests, the Levites, and unto the judge that shall be in those days and inquire, and they will show you the sentence of judgment. And you will do according to the sentence which they of that place which the Lord your God shall choose shall show you, and you shall observe to do according to all that they inform you, according to the sentence of the Torah which they teach you, and according to the judgment which they shall tell you, you shall do. You shall not decline from the sentence which they show you to the right hand nor to the left. In Deuteronomy, in chapter 4, in verse 2, you shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall you diminish from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. So in one sense, the Torah says you shall not add nor subtract from the Torah. On the other hand, it says if there is a matter of controversy in Deuteronomy chapter 17 verses 8 through 11 you're to go to the priests, the Levites and the judge in those days you're supposed to go to Jerusalem and you're supposed to observe to do according to the judgment that they render according to the issue that is the conflict this is what is being explained from the Orthodox Jewish perspective and why they see that the renderings of the rabbis or the oral law is superior and above the written Torah. Midrash Rabbah, volume 9, page 33, it says, Regarding the words of the scribes or the rabbis, it is written, According to the law which they shall teach you, 
you. Deuteronomy in chapter 17, verse 11. It does not say which the Torah shall teach you, but which they shall teach you. Nor does it say according to the judgment which it shall tell you, but which they shall tell you. You shall not turn aside from the sentence which they shall declare unto you to the right nor to the left. Therefore, if they tell you the right hand is right and the left hand left, listen to them. But even if they will tell you that the right hand is left and the left hand is right, you are still to listen to them. Well, in Ezekiel in chapter 36 and verses 26 and 27, it says, A new heart will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, within you. And it is the Holy Spirit that will cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and do them. Here in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 27, it says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. In other words, God himself through his spirit is our teacher in following his Torah. John chapter 16 and verse 13, it says, When the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you in all truth. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit. Romans in chapter 7 and verse 22, Paul taught, For I delight in the Torah of God after the inward man. And the inward man is the one that has the heart of flesh and is being led and taught by the Holy Spirit. And then in 1 John in chapter 2 in verse 20, it says, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Continuing on in 1 John chapter 2 in verse 27, it says, but the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it, that is the anointing, that is the Holy Spirit has taught you, you shall abide in him. Really then, this is the source of conflict and this is where the elder son is coming and why he is stating to his father that I have not transgressed your commandment at any time, but it is the the issue of the oral law and the correct interpretation of the written Torah is the conflict that Yeshua has with the scribes and the Pharisees. For example, in the oral law, according to the interpretation of the rabbis, you must wash your hands before you eat. In the Torah Anthology, volume 17 on page 32, it says, Ritual washing of both hands before a meal containing bread is mandatory even if one's hands are immaculate or don't need wash. Well, washing your hands before you eat is an excellent idea for cleanliness, but the issue is, is it mandatory of the God of Israel? And if you don't do it, are you sinning? Are you violating the Torah? Well, in Luke, in chapter 11 in verses 37 through 39 we have this account and as 
he spake, that is Yeshua, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he, that is Yeshua, had not first washed before dinner. Why was he marveled? Because Yeshua is a Torah observant Jew. And the Pharisee, in following and relating to the oral law, believes that, that you must wash your hands before you eat. But Yeshua is sitting with the Pharisee and he does not wash his hands before he eats. As a result, the Pharisee marvels in observing this because he's believing, understanding that Yeshua then, by not washing his hands, is not following the Torah. We can also see the issue of the oral law in the way in which you follow the written law and the interpretation thereof. And do you do it by and through the oral law? In Matthew, in chapter 15, in verse 1, it says, Then came to Yeshua scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? The tradition of the elders is the oral law. For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. And Yeshua answered and said, Why do you transgress the written commandment of God by your oral tradition? Then he gives an example of the written commandment and how they interpret the written commandment. And he says, Thus you are violating the heart intent and the purpose of the written commandment. Well, James chapter 4 and verse 12 tells us that Yeshua is the lawgiver. It says, there is one lawgiver who is able to save. In Matthew, in chapter 5, in verse 17, Yeshua said these words, Think not, do not think that I've come to destroy the Torah or the prophets. You see, the Pharisees, in looking at Yeshua, believed that he, by not washing his hands, and then his disciples not washing their hands before they eat, they are thinking that he is violating the Torah. Torah. Yeshua says, don't think that I've come to destroy, to do away with, to violate the Torah or the prophets. Or another way that you can see this, don't think that I've come to wrongly interpret the Torah. You see, when you misinterpret the Torah, you are said to be destroying the Torah. But I've not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Fulfill means to do. Fulfill means to correctly interpret. The issue that Yeshua is having in the Gospels with the scribes and the Pharisees is over the interpretation of the written Torah and the interpretation of the written Torah by the scribes and the Pharisees is the oral law. And according to the oral law, in order to keep the Sabbath, you're supposed to do it in a prescribed way. Well, when Yeshua healed on the Sabbath and in the one instance where he said, take up your bed and walk, Taking up your bed on the Sabbath is interpreted as work by the rabbis in the oral law. So they saw that Yeshua was given commandment to violate the Sabbath. But Yeshua is the lawgiver. He is able to know how to follow the Torah which he gave. Traditional Christianity doesn't understand that this really is the conflict.
conflict that Yeshua is having with the scribes and the Pharisees. And instead, they have interpreted that Yeshua was somehow teaching you're not supposed to follow the written Torah of Moses itself. So going back to Luke in chapter 15 in verse 29, we see that the elder son is believing that he is following the Torah of his father exactly as his father wants him to live according to the Torah, which the interpretation of the scribes and the Pharisees is that is following the oral Torah. And as a result, because he believes he is accurately following the oral Torah, or he's accurately following the written Torah, which he believes he should do according to the oral Torah, he doesn't see that he needs to repent and confess anything that he's doing wrong to the Father. He sees no need for repentance. But the younger son, he knew that he walked away from the Torah and he needed to repent. That's why he came to his father and he says, Father, I have sinned against you. So this is the issue today between Ephraim and Judah, that through the Holy Spirit, the father is speaking to the heart of Ephraim and showing him that he has departed from the Torah. And of course, it's easy for Ephraim to see that, or a believer in Yeshua, who identifies with being a believer in Yeshua, traditionally called a Christian, it's easy for a Christian to see that, oh, I haven't been keeping Sabbath from Friday night to Saturday night, and, and I haven't been keeping Passover, and I haven't been keeping the Feast of Tabernacles, and I haven't been eating biblically clean foods. It's easy for him to know and understand that he's not doing that. So when it's revealed that a believer in Yeshua should love him and keep his commandments and they see the scriptural validation for it, they say, oh yeah, I need to be doing this. But it's more difficult for the older son because the older son believes that he is following the Torah. And this is the reason why, number one, the older son is reluctant to receive the younger son and why the older son also believes he he doesn't need to repent to his father because he believes he already is following the Torah as his father wants him to do. Well, if the older son really was following the Torah as his father wanted him to do, he would be in his father's house. But we see that even though the older son was around the father, we see that in Luke chapter 15 verse 25, it says that the elder son was in the field. He wasn't in his father's house. He was in the field. So in other words, he wasn't as close to his father as what he should have been even though he was around his father. The answer that the father gives to the elder son is you need to receive your younger brother because this is a joyous occasion because what does the younger son coming home mean? It means the uniting of the 12 tribes of Israel and that is a reason for celebration because it's when the younger son comes home and is united with the older brother through what the father does that it means the Messiah ruling it and reigning over all 12 tribes and it means the messianic era or the messianic kingdom. Luke chapter 15 verse 30 it says but as soon as this your son was come which has devoured your living with harlots you have killed for him the 
fatted calf. And the father said to the elder son, Son, you are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. But it was meet that we should make merry and be glad. For this, your brother was dead, he is alive again, he was lost, and he is found. Next, what we are going to do, realizing that it is the role and the function of the Messiah to unite and to gather the twelve tribes of Israel. And one of several places that we can see this is in Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 3, where it says, And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I've driven them, and bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. This is speaking about gathering the exiles of Israel. Then it says in verse 5, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. This then is speaking about the Messiah. And then it says in verse 6, In his days, that is the days of the Messiah, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell safely. Well, when is Israel going to dwell safely? When they don't have to worry about their enemies? When will they not have to worry about their enemies? When the exile's over? When the exile's over, we have the setting up of the kingdom. And who is going to be the leader in the kingdom? It is the Messiah. This is the name whereby he will be called the Lord our righteousness. So from here we can see it is the role and the function of the Messiah to unite and to gather the 12 tribes of Israel into rule and reign over them. Now we go to Acts in chapter 1 and verse 3 where the setting is that Yeshua chose himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen in them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He's giving what I would call a 40-day seminar and his subject is the kingdom of God. We don't have a whole lot of detail regarding what Yeshua taught during these 40 days, but we have recorded one important question that God asked and it is found in Acts in chapter 1 verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Do you realize you cannot restore again the kingdom to Israel unless it originally was and then something happened to it and then you are going to return it to its original condition? Well, when was the original kingdom of Israel? It was when King David ruled over all 12 tribes from Jerusalem. But following his reign and the reign of Solomon, the kingdom was divided. It was split into northern kingdom and southern kingdom. And it hasn't ever been united since. And how's it going to be united? Who is going to unite it? This is the task and the function of the Messiah. So those who are seeing Yeshua for these 40 days, they know he's the Messiah. They see him in his resurrected body. So they have a very important question to ask him. And it is this, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? He gives his answer that is found in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You will receive power after the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you will be my witnesses. That is an answer to a question. The question is, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel at this time? The answer is, you're going to receive power and you will be my witnesses 
witnesses of the restoration of the kingdom to Israel, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea. Jerusalem and Judea is the domain of the house of Judah. And in Samaria, this is a reference to the northern kingdom who lived in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. The scattering of the twelve tribes of Israel was to the uttermost parts of the earth. Well, that's going to conclude part 14 of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.